I am excited to be able to do this presentation for everybody. And uh, one thing I want to make sure that I acknowledge is acknowledging the work that's done um, here in Marine Valley. It's something that we pride ourselves in bringing together other departments to share with our faculty, with our staff, and one in which we later on want to invite you to participate with this particular event. So I also want to thank the library for partnering with us to be able to do a community ofrenda here at uh, Marine Valley. So the presentation itself is going to be about Dia de los Muertos, or also called Muertos. The goal is to be able to provide you an understanding of the event, ways in which we celebrate, and really the personal significance of this particular event. What I want to acknowledge, too, is the presenters. And we'll be able to present to each other uh, a little bit, but Cesar Ceron, Lisette Alvarado, Christopher Mendoza, and Elizabeth Preda. So thank you very much, colleagues, for being able to present uh, this important information. What I'll do now is I'll turn it over to the first presenter, Cesar Ceron. Cesar? Hello, I'm going to show our first video. And uh, pretty much it's going to depict uh, Dia de los Muertos in media. Uh, this movie is from uh, 2015. Uh, Spectre is a James Bond movie, 007. And a fun fact about this uh, video and movie is that a lot of people, when the movie was created, they thought that this was a kind of an ongoing thing that Mexico City celebrated. And it's not. Pretty much after, 20, after 2015, after the movie, 2016, Mexico City decided to do a, a celebration, a parade. And uh, kind of facts about the parade nowadays, it it's, it's takes place around October. This year was 22nd of October. And it starts from the Angel Independence, El Angel Independencia, and all the way to the Zócalo, to the main square. It's about four kilometers in, in length. And it's uh, part of the parade of the Catrinas. And what the Catrinas are, are those are skeletal depictions that are iconic to the Day of the Dead. So it's floats, uh, giant skeletons, uh, marionettes, and about a thousand, thousand actors in the parade. So I'm going to play a little clip of it.
So yeah, I, I myself, when I saw this, this uh, first opening act in the movie, I really thought, oh, this is something they do in Mexico City. Because I never gone to Mexico City in this time of, the, uh, time of the season. I was gone in December to visit my family. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's something they do. But no, I started researching it. It's actually that they just started doing it in 2016. It's been an ongoing year leading celebration. So just wanted to share this video, like kind of like how it's depicted nowadays as well. All right, cool. Thank you, Cesar. Um, so the next slide that we have is another depiction of Dia de los Muertos in media. So after the James Bond movie, it, as Cesar highlighted, it kind of skyrocketed in popularity. Um, so many of you may know this film um, called Coco that was popularized a few years ago. Um, that kind of goes through the whole entire journey of what Dia de los Muertos or Muertos is to the Mexican citizens. Um, so we're just going to play a short clip from the movie so you guys can kind of remind it of of what this scene is and how it was shown in the film Coco. So yeah, so you guys may have seen that already. If not, that's Coco. Definitely check it out. It's a great movie. Um, but these two short clips that we wanted to start with is just to give you guys a generalized idea of what you may already be familiar with in regards to Dia de los Muertos. So now we're going to jump in into some of the historical context of Dia de los Muertos and continue on a progression of what Dia de los Muertos is now that you kind of have a picture, a video, and an idea of what it is in your mind. Thanks. So I just want to start with a little bit of the history behind it. Uh, pretty much it started Dia de los Muertos celebrates back to the Aztecs and then also the Mesoamerican times. But the Mesoamericans celebrated Dia de los Muertos Day of the Dead in spring, while the Aztecs celebrated in the summer. Uh, the Aztecs believed that in afterlife, where spirits of the dead would return as hummingbirds and butterflies. They believed that the way a person died determined the kind of afterlife they would have and where their souls would go. The Aztecs celebrated for a month. Instead of like how we celebrate almost for a week, they celebrate for about 20, 20 days. And uh, they celebrated in the Aztec calendar at the end of the Gregorian month of July and early August. They, they honored and celebrated the Aztec goddess of death, Mictecasihuatl. Mictecasihuatl was the queen of the underworld and ruled over the afterlife. It is believed that she was born, then was sacrificed as an infant, and magically grew into adulthood in the underworld. During the Festival of the Dead, Aztecs will honor Mictecasihuatl, featuring skeletons, altars, and other trappings of death. According to one myth, Mictecasihuatl and her husband collected bones so they might be returned to the land of the living and restored by the gods. So it's just a little bit of context of how the the other little mortals were regenerated.
So now that we've gone over the origins, we want to go over the timeline of how it was recognized, um, how it's recognized today. So it started in the pre-Columbian era, and in this uh, pre-Columbian era, celebration of death um, was integral to the uh, communities. It was not, death was not seen as an absence of individuals, but a returning of the souls and a way for them to commune, people to commune with the souls um, in the land of the living. Then we have the conquest. So during the conquest by Spain, the Day of the Dead celebration was used as a strategy to align it with the Roman Catholic um, holiday of the Feast of All Souls Day. Then we go to more present day in 2008, when UNESCO recognized it as an integral representation of the community's um, tradition and expression. And it was here where it gained greater awareness um, globally, and we um, come to present day. So now, uh, Dia de los Muertos. Um, so there are two days for this, which would be on November 1st, which is dedicated to the children, so uh, people who have died as children. Then November 2nd, which is dedicated to the adults. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the variation uh, between the two. So one variation, for example, begins uh, starting October 28th, where uh, people set out a candle for those who uh, were lonely, lonely souls who don't have anybody to kind of remember them. Um, and going into that, the 29th, uh, water is set next to another candle for forgotten souls, so it kind of intermingles between the two. Uh, on the 30th, um, bread is set out with another candle and with another glass of water for those who may have passed away without having had a, a final meal or those who have passed away uh, during a, some sort of accident. And on the 31st, uh, kind of following the candle, the water, the bread, now we set aside fruit, and the fruit is supposed to be for our ancestors. On the 1st, um, it's supposed to be the day that the children arrive. So on the 1st, uh, children arrive, and uh, we start setting food aside in the altar. On the 2nd, um, the adults arrive, and um, they start taking their offerings, they eat, and they celebrate with their families. Now, there is a kind of an indicator there that for those who don't have anything set aside for them are upset and kind of sad, knowing that their family did not remember them. And on the third, uh, one last candle is lit, in uh, essence, to just say goodbye, and uh, the food from the altar is then removed. Uh, another variation comes from the Zapotec uh, people in Oaxaca, for example, um, that they begin on the 31st. On the 31st, they go to the grave sites and clean the area where their family is uh, laid to rest. Um, and then it's said that at 4 a.m. on the 1st, uh, the children first arrive. And then on the, around 8 a.m., the children leave, and that's kind of commemorated with the blowing of a candle. Around 3 p.m., the adults arrive and spend time with their families, and they leave around 8 p.m., which is also commemorated with the blowing of a candle. And on November 2nd, families actually go to Mass. They then, uh, after Mass, go to the grave sites to, uh, you know, decorate and kind of be with their uh, loved ones. Now, the third variation I, I, I found earlier this week, and I thought it was really interesting, was that in certain towns um, around the Yucatan Peninsula, um, 
they pretty much follow a same timeline. But a difference between these is that between three to five years after the passing of their families, they actually exhume the graves and uh, clean up the, clean the bones. Um, it is believed that that actually comes from a Mayan tradition. And it's a tradition that kind of keeps moving on in, in areas like Campeche and Boruch, if I'm pronouncing that one correctly. So this is just kind of to show that, you know, just in, in, in our traditions, for example, it can vary depending on region, can vary depending on, you know, even country, for example. So, um, and then we're going to kind of bring it back with another video by, the, by National Geographic uh, to kind of see a different celebration as well. So now we've kind of brought it all together. Hopefully you all have a good understanding of what Dia de los Muertos is to Mexican citizens and also citizens throughout Latin America and other countries that celebrate it. So we're just going to identify some of the things that are involved in Dia de los Muertos. So one of those big things that comes from Oaxaca is Las Alebrijes. So we have a short video here explaining their origin and their importance in Dia de los Muertos.
So one of the things you will find is that Day of the Dead is celebrated in different countries, mainly countries that were, con were conquered by Spain. So it's not only a Mexican celebration, but we see it occurring in Ecuador, Guatemala, the Philippines, Haiti, El Salvador, Bolivia, and even Spain. But they all celebrate in their own way and, and have their own name. In Ecuador, it's Dia de los Difuntos, or what translates to Day of the Deceased. Um, in Guatemala, they celebrate with these beautiful decorated kites, and they were some on the video we saw earlier, and then there's a picture on here of these gigantic kites that are made. And then in, in Spain, it's a more somber event. Um, they call it the day of the Dia de los Difuntos, which is a, kind of like a translation or variation on Day of the Dead, but it is a religious holiday for them and a more somber day. And so another thing that's commonly seen used through Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, is this ofrenda, or altar. Um, if you have yet to visit our ofrenda here in the library, it's to your left back here, your right, my left. Um, so definitely check it out so you can see an example of what I'm talking about. But I'm just going to give an example of some of the many, many things that are included on ofrenda. Um, it's not limited to these few items here. These are just some of the main ones that you can see at any typical ofrenda or altar. Um, so some things we have of importance are marigolds or sempasuchil, and they're the symbolic flower of death that the Aztecs recognized back in uh, the pre-Hispanic Mexico. Um, and many regions of Mexico and in other countries that may use the marigolds, um, this is a symbolic way, a symbolic pathway for the dead to come to the ofrendas, to the altars. So they're brightly colored, they're super bright orange, um, and so they'll use these on the altars all over. Um, as you see in the National Geographic video, they'll put them on the graves as well um, so the disease can find their way. Another aspect, and you can see on many ofrendas, is the sugar skulls, also known as the calaveras. Um, so you can see these um, of different sizes. Um, usually they are made of sugar paste originally, but because the holidays become so popularized, you can also see styrofoam ones or fake skulls, um, but originally are made of sugar paste and decorated with icing. Colorful, again, with flowers, leaves, things like that. Um, and then they are also given to some of the children as a treat um, because they're sweet. Another aspect we see on many ofrendas is the candles. Um, in Mexico, they place these on ofrendas, again, to light the way of the soul so that they can reach their ofrenda and their altar. And then one other big thing that you'll see on Dia de los Muertos is what's known as the bread of the dead. Um, now, this is not made with anything that sounds off-putting, like the name may suggest. Um, but this pan de muerto symbolizes um, the mainstay of human life, that anchor in human life. Um, so we, they will make pan de muertos, and you can kind of see on the image that I put on there, they try to make it look like there's bones, a body on the bread. Um, so they'll do that by making the dough raised and making it lighter colored than the actual pan or the bread itself. Um, so again, these are just one few of many things that are included on ofrenda. Sometimes you'll see people put um, the snacks and foods um, that the, the person that has passed enjoyed while they were living. Um, and there can be many other things such as images of those people's names, stories, anyone, anything that anyone 
would like to use to commemorate those that have passed will be seen on an ofrenda, but again, these are the main ones. Um, and so now after this, we have a one more short little video um, of an altarista, or she has taken the name altarista, and she makes these altares and ofrendas, and she's going to share a little bit about her story. All right. So as I mentioned before, we do have an ofrenda open to community members, staff, students here at Marine Valley to participate in. Um, so we have this printed out on the ofrenda on the altar as well so that you can reference it later on. But if you would like to participate, we are more than welcoming to you all putting um, family member photos, anything that you would like to contribute to our ofrenda that will be there and throughout Dia de los Muertos. Um, so that will wrap up our presentation on our end. But if you would like to stick around, we do have a panel discussion. Um, we're going to do some Q&A on our personal stories, history, relics, moments that we have had with Dia de los Muertos. And we're going to share that now with you. Thank you. So at this time, what I wanted to do is I wanted to invite any questions from any panel, any uh, audience members to be able to ask of the panel. And after that, you know, one of the things that we want to give you some context, but also the personal touch is so important when we talk about an event like this. So does anybody from the audience who would like to ask a question? I, oh, I'm sorry. Correct. Mexico City is the capital of Mexico. Yes. One of now, but also regionally, there are different towns in Mexico that are 
known for their celebration of Dia de los Muertos. Do you, would you yeah, so going on that one, on, on my presentation for the movie, uh, James Bond, uh, it, it's every location in Mexico and, and other parts of Latin America had different uh, ways of celebrating, but it wasn't as extravagant as, as parade. It's more like kind of like family, you know, uh, personal celebrating. But now, you know, it's become a little bit more like open, more festive, more, more. Uh, and one of the reasons that Mexico City wanted to do is because they wanted to attract more tourists bring awareness, tourists, and uh, around that time. So it's, it's also the climate, it's, it's really nice around that time as well. And you know, one of the reasons why I think we wanted to do a presentation like this, not only to share our culture, our identity, but also say what it's not. Sometimes people think it's a Mexican Halloween. It is not a Mexican Halloween. It's something different. And this is the reason why we wanted to present to, um, to the audience of the importance of this particular event. Well, I do have a question to the to the panelists: Is what is the significance to muertos to you? And feel free, anybody can jump in. I'll start. <laughs> so with me, uh, my fam my mom, my family, they're from Guerrero, uh, from the southern part of Mexico. And uh, since I was a little kid, my mom kind of started with the ofrenda, uh, with my grandparents, my aunt, and uh, they just started like that. We'll just have their pictures and their food. I remember my grandfather used to like the Coca-Cola bottles and then maybe a little a little bit of a, of a drink too. <laughs> so uh, we put it there and then uh, like when the days came, it was like, oh, your grandfather's going to come tonight. And I'm like, and I got a little scared because I was five years old. I was a little like shy or like, what's going on? But as I kind of understood the whole concept of it, I, 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 it would bring me peace and, and calmness. And I'm like, well, my grandfather's here with me. He'll, you know, he'll be here with me. And and sometimes I'll stop by his picture, just kind of see him and just talk to, uh, you know, just have just have a moment of conversation with him. So, and ever since then, I've kind of been, you know, open to it and haven't really practiced it lately, but it's something I want to get back to it and, and start doing it with my own daughter and kind of, you know, pass it on to her as well. Do you want to give a quick little overview, Chris? Yeah, so what it was is that it, 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 it comes down to variation. So again, very regionally, very it's very personal. So everybody kind of does it in a very different way, right? So some people will literally just, you know, kind of celebrate on the second. Some people will start on the first because they're, you know, they've lost a child or know a child that has passed away. But in certain regions, they'll actually start all the way on the 28th. So what I kind of mentioned with that is just to kind of give you a summary was that there's always kind of a candle lit and the candle lit for a different reason. So it could be for those who are lonely, uh, which would be on the 28th and the 29th. It's those who are forgotten. Um, on the 30th, it was those who died tragically or didn't have a last meal. So that's where you put the first piece of food out, right? Um, and on the 31st is when you start welcoming your ancestors with fruit. And, on the, and then on the first, it's with you know, the, the children. And then on the second, I guess you could say like everybody, but it's kind of focused on the adults. So it, 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 again, it kind of depends on like where you kind of stand with it, right? And like how everybody kind of celebrates it individually. So that's one variation that I saw. And like I mentioned, with, Zapot with the Zapotec people in Oaxaca, they start on the 31st and they do that by cleaning um, the area where they're just, uh, we're late to rest, for example. So that's just, you know, everybody kind of starts it a little differently. So kind of sharing my experience. So 
me and my wife are actually kind of reflecting on this, um, you know, um, because this is the first year we've kind of put together an altar. Um, so it's my grandparents, her grandfather, one of her cousins, but like in, in my kind of like personal view, the way that I, you know, the way that I kind of, kind of approached it was, um, we had two dogs who passed away. One passed away about two years ago, one passed away kind of several years ago, but they were a very integral part of my family. So we included them just again as a remembrance and kind of hoping they come back too and to kind of visit us kind of way, you know, but yeah. Actually, which leads me to one of my questions. I know that we built our ofrenda now, so we wanted to, you know, not only uh, include the community to be able to participate. I know it's a little bit early, but again, it's not too early to be able to share our, our the importance of the event. But have anybody here have they built your your ofrenda? Do you do it regularly? I jumped the gun a little bit, so my <laughs> for my, my my first year. Yeah, your so, first year. Yeah. Okay. Kind of same um, at home. My dad's side of the family celebrated it. My mom's side of the family didn't. So now as um, the years go by and you start losing family members, it's come back to um, trying to integrate that and making a connection and also having children that they carry on the tradition. So it's important as part of our culture and tradition. So at home, we don't necessarily build an altar, but we do decorate the house with the marigolds. Um, and we do um, have um, day of the dead bread. So my older sister will bake the bread. Someone will make hot chocolate. We do get together and reminisce a little bit about our past, um, our family members who have passed. Is there any regional differences that you all celebrate that you do specifically at your home? So this is where it kind of got interesting for me, right? Because, um, well, my family, so my, my dad being from Jalisco, you know, I kind of asked, I called him and I'm like, hey, so what did you guys do growing up for this? And he's like, well, we really didn't do anything. Uh, we just kind of just went to the, you know, to the graveyard or, you know, wherever the ashes were laid to rest and um, just kind of, you know, just go and say a rosary. Then my, I asked my mom, being from El Salvador, and uh, she also, she said that it wasn't really part of them kind of growing up. Um, so it kind of became this thing where it was just like uh, a kind of a, a little bit of a journey to kind of figure out what it was, you know. Um, so kind of, kind of on the same perspective, it was kind of like growing and seeing, okay, well, it is celebrated. We just don't celebrate it. And it, again, it just became like asking family members and a lot of the family members were like the same kind of thing. So kind of, same kind of variation. So, um, so regionally, I, I really couldn't not really say what it was, but, um, we're, this is what we're trying to kind of find out now, even kind of giving the panel, giving the presentation is how we can kind of, you know, in our own way, kind of have this kind of, kind of these presentations and conversations so we can pass it on. Yeah, so I kind of think on the same note, um, replicating what Chris mentioned is we're kind of having this newfound discovery of the holiday in itself as younger generations. Um, and same, I kind of, uh, my dad's from El Salvador, so I asked him kind of the same question, like, you know, like, was this ever something that was traditional or big? And it's just kind of the similar responses as they got older, not really, but when they were younger, one thing he noted was putting uh, colored arena and rice on the graves, um, which is, uh, arena is sand, um, so they would put colored sand, they would dye the sands with natural coloring, whether it's from flour or from food. Um, and then also get rice and make crosses on the graves with the rice. 
because um, the rice was white and so it was pure. Um, and so they would do that when he was a little boy, but he said when after his mom passed that the tradition kind of died. Um, but it's definitely something still celebrated in El Salvador, which is not um, in Mexico, it's a Central American country. Um, so it's replicated in other places just differently. And so that was kind of one of the big things I noted um, different from some Mexican traditions was putting that sand on the grave. Would you be able to share the items that you put down for the specific individuals that you're celebrating in for the Los Muertos? Any specific things that you want to share to the audience that like they liked X, Y, and Z items or this activity? Some of the items we would add would be like the hot chocolate, um, the Mexican that comes like in a big round tablet. So that would be one. Um, probably rice, beans. Um, some of the things that we eat on a daily basis, and why not even like little tequila there? <laughs> yeah, with, uh, with, with my family, uh, my grandfather liked atole, atole blanco, champurrado, which is chocolate and, and uh, uh, masa together. Uh, he likes that. Uh, his Coke, big Coke fan, especially the one in glass. Uh, and uh, just, just meals, like a couple of foods, we just leave them there for him. So very things and then uh, candles and also uh, la virgen de guadalupe so just some of the things that we'll put on the on the altar itself uh so for for our grandparents uh we kind of put out bread so we i, I think as we were kind of putting it together and i say putting it together my wife was doing it i was just kind of helping right because <laughs> she's a creative person in the family but um uh, we were putting it together. We were talking about our grandparents. Uh, she didn't get to meet mine. I, I, I got to meet her, her grandfather, and they were very, they were big bread eaters. So we kind of, you know, have decided that when, as we, as we get a little closer, we're going to put like a piece of bread just kind of in their, in their memory. Um, for her cousin, his choice of drink. Um, and as far as, well, again, like I said, I have my, my two dogs out there. So we kind of put up there. I have uh, two of their tags, and then we put up a little, like, you know, bone just for, you know, just so they remember them. And just the last question I have is, what would you like the audience to know about Muertos? What was the, the closing thing that you would want to be able to share about the event, the day? Um, I can start. I think the biggest takeaway, again, as this has been a learning experience for myself as well, is the celebration of life that this holiday is meant to be. I think it's really important that people take that away and remember that um, because it, it can become distracted by all the pretty colors and the skulls and everything that we're offering to the deceased, but it really is about them um, and celebrating their lives, their accomplishments, what they were remembered for, the good times. Um, so for me, that would be the biggest thing that I would hope everyone take away that this is not mutually exclusive to the citizens of Mexico um, or anyone that was, you know, um, conquered by the Spanish um, back in the day. Um, this is open to everyone um, and anyone that wants to celebrate those that have passed and moved on. Yeah, I just want to add more what Elizabeth was saying as well. Just the essence of it, the purity, uh, you know, whatever walk of life you're from or whatever belief you have, just celebrate your family, your deceased, and uh, it's just more time of remembrance. Uh, you know, everything with like Halloween, All Hallows Eve, and then the Los Muertos just coming together and just celebrating and then just enjoying it and just remembering your family. I think for me, just the just the, the fact of kind of putting it together, right, and like you know, these people, people I interacted with and just not being here anymore, just it was more of a moment of reflection 
not just to remember them, but to remember who's still around us. So I think that's really important because, you know, it, we don't know what's going to happen. And the fact that, you know, kind of like one day you're going to potentially add another picture to the altar kind of shapes that perspective of like, let's really kind of appreciate the now, which is, you know, in essence, the Day of the Dead, you know, Dia de los Muertos is kind of a celebration of life. And I think sometimes we kind of take that for granted. So that was my takeaway. And I think that as like people, you know, kind of participate in this in their own way, they should kind of have that takeaway as well. Yeah. I concur with everything they've said. Um, <laughs> for me, it was learning more um, or relearning some of the things I had heard and then holding on to that tradition and passing it on and just bringing awareness of it to my family who we've kind of had lost touch with the significance of it and the importance of it too. Thank you all. Before closing it, I, once again, I want to make uh, that acknowledgement of our community ofrenda. So please feel free to bring your own pictures, any items. Uh, that ofrenda will be available to the end of the week by November 3rd. So feel free to bring, bring it back up. But again, this is why we want to personalize this experience while you're here at Moraine Valley as a faculty, staff, a student, because we want to make sure that we are your home. We are the place that, that values you as a person. So thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I would think.